0: All rise, everyone. Uh, yes, you're <laughs> tuning into counterculture. Please do not rise if you're driving. Uh, but besides <laughs> yes, that, a little respect for our guest
1: and a trumpet sound or a trumpet something. sound, a or drum, or, roll. A drum roll, drum roll, something.
0: Yes, you're listening to counterculture, and today we have a couple, a couple big deals all in one person. First yes. off, we have super fan. Who has listened to every show of counterculture since it was birthed nary but two years ago
1: over a hundred over a hundred
0: episodes. episodes, and then we have a big deal from who has done who has the resume oh he's i'm embarrassed I'm t- like he's turning red he's turning red <laughs> I haven't even na- said his name yet
1: it's going to be a long list when we post it on the radio
0: <laughs> <laughs> all he's done <laughs> but you are the master of arms. Sergeant. Sergeant. Of at arms. Arms. Sergeant at Sergeant of- arms. Sergeant of arms. At arms. Sergeant at arms of the Arizona House of Representatives. But that's, but that's only that's one. That's only one thing of many amazing things. But the, big, the biggest thing is this. This is a man of peace. This is a, a friend, a colleague, mm. a brother. A legend. A legend.
1: I mean, we could really yes, go on. We could and go on.
0: on. That's enough. Okay, that's enough. He's 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 said He's he's. We haven't, we haven't <laughs> even said, said his, his name. name yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome back, and also a very rare returner to the show. Only the, one of the very few people who's we've had back on. Because I usually just get rid of everyone. You know, I don't want him back. Wow. No, he's harsh, right? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh I love it. I have the best guest. Welcome back, Chuck Fitzgerald. I'm really I'm happy to be to here. I just want to give him applause you. or just. <laughs> There's the like, <a> trumpet. Okay. <laughs> You know, make, and the crowd, crowd went wild. The, the crowd is going wild. The crowd of three in this right. insulated room sound <laughs> studio here.
2: Well, it's always good to spend time with you, both of you, uh, dear friends of mine. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Oh, this is yep. great. Yep,
0: I
1: know. I, I hope we have enough time to get everything in because you wear so many hats mm-hmm. and you literally are a practitioner of yeah. peacemaking, which is what Jonathan and I always were like, where are the people that are in the weeds that are practitioners and you... Are so thick in the weeds on mm-hmm. so many levels, and we want to talk about some of those things that are that we don't know that are behind the scenes in many ways. As as you are the sergeant at arms, mm-hmm. and what that's amazing. I mean, intriguing. Yes. yes. But also, we want to make sure at the end we talk about this upcoming event that really is such a transformational event every year in my life that I've been honored to be a part of with you and it's pursuing peace conference. And you bring in some of the best. Practitioners and peacemakers in thought and action. So, we want to make sure people understand that and get an opportunity to sign up for that in September. So, there's so much.
0: Yes. So, we're going to start by peeling back the onion. We're just going to go straight into it. Okay. Deep dive. Deep dive. I didn't know this was a food show. It is. (laughs) It is. I'm hungry. (laughs) And so, I'm thinking about food. Okay. But we're going to not talk about food. We're going to go, but we are going to go peel back the onion and look at what's it like being behind the scenes as a sergeant at arms?
2: Okay. Well, the way we measure time at the House of Representatives, uh, we do that in sessions. Sessions. So I just finished my fifth legislative session. Mm -hmm. And so I've been there about four and a half years. And so there are a couple things that I do uh, that I like to talk about. Uh, One is I'm in charge of civility and decorum at the Arizona House mm. of Representatives,
0: wow. <laughs> I'm, get, I'm I'm trying not to laugh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, okay.
2: and just recently, I, I I told one of the members there that I felt bad because I didn't feel like I was doing a very effective job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so that's one thing that yeah. I do.
0: And you have a ruler; you can slap people
2: on the on the wrist. No, but I the, do have the look. You have I, the look. Yes. And he
1: has the chair. And he has the chair. A chair where he sits. Uh,
2: yeah. So what ha- what happens is when the representatives are debating and voting on bills. I happen to be with them in the chamber. So I'm out there when they're out there. Okay. And part of my role there is to keep things on schedule, on, on the agenda. So if um, Representative A is has a bill coming up next to debate, I, I make sure that representative is in the room, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And and they're focused on what they need to do. So I do a little bit of that to, just to move things along. But I'm watching people all the time too. Mm. Uh, in addition to that, all of the building security uh, reports to me, and that's kind of a big deal these days, mm-hmm. um, as we probably, s- many of us uh, saw a month or so ago where some protesters were kicking in doors and that sort of thing. And so we take that very seriously. Sure, sure. There are other building things, everything from facilities management to um, capital projects to housekeeping, all those folks report Mm -hmm. to me. And one of the other little fun things that I get to do is I'm also the curator of the house. Curator? We have lots of things on loan to the house or that have been gifted to the house, and we have to keep track of that stuff. Mm. So uh, that's kind of it. Uh, One representative said it really succinctly, though, because it's tough to explain what I do. Um, What she said is, this is Chuck, our chief problem solver. She's wow. problem solver. I like that. And so right. that's kind of it. Just yeah. about anything that comes up, that other than policy, I don't do anything with policy. Right. But any other thing that comes up, it usually lands either with me or someone who reports to me.
0: And you're 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 non you just you're not one side. No, nonpartisan. Not, yeah, you just you serve you solve everyone's pro- that's whatever right. problems need to be solved that's for right. anybody. Yeah. So you know, so
2: when things ha- and the cameras are always on when they're debating and voting on bills, so right. there's there's no room for any eye rolls or anything like that, right? Of because I hear some stuff that I don't Sarcastic agree with. Sarcastic claps? Uh, can no, I do none so? of that.
0: No? Okay, that's me. I'm sorry. <laughs> or holds up the
1: silent sign. Right? <laughs> the silent sign.
0: Okay. Well,
2: one time I said, I just once, I'd love to a shout out. Point of order. Oh, uh, right. yeah. And I was told, well, you can do anything once. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. So I haven't done that either. But um, yeah, I don't. I I don't agree with a lot of things that I see and hear. Sure. Uh, but I, that's not my role there. My role is to be nonpartisan, to help protect the institution, help protect the members uh, and staff, and sometimes that's from themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, mm you know I'll, I'll just give one short example of that there's a public gallery where you can sit in the gallery and you can watch the floor activity okay and uh you can also see and some people are very good at this they take their phones and they have their camera on they magnify they can see what's on the screens of oh. of laptops down on the members desk
0: really right? oh wow
2: so i i i'm not going to mention names but i've uh, gone up to more than one member and said just so you know everyone in the gallery can see you're on the Amazon shopping right now. Yeah. yeah. You know? Okay. So that's that's one way to kind of protect them from themselves. Because, yeah. you know, you, you don't know what you don't know, right? Right. So mm-hmm. that's part of my role too. Wow. So it's to protect the institution and, and really to protect everybody that's in the building. So, so.
1: basically what you're doing is you're creating and helping – Inform the environment that's conducive for our policies and Absolutely. laws to be done right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and, and uh, dealing with the human factor.
2: So I guess right? I'm an environmentalist.
1: You are. <laughs> I think I yeah. would claim that. So. I, that's another on the list,
2: right? I'm we'll to it. to I'm your claiming. bio. Uh-huh. But he's but wearing that's a hemp hard. poncho right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's funny. And
1: that is a hard place to be. Right, Like you said, to to even hear things yourself, you go, I don't agree with that. Then it's not your place and your time to say anything, which how many times are we in situations, right, where we're hearing something and it's like, you want to say something, you want to share your opinion, but you have to go, this is not the time and the place. So, I mean, there's a lot to learn in real life from what you have to do as the sergeant at arms Mm -hmm. and to create that environment where our policies can be made.
2: Right. You know, one of the ways I'd like to talk about that is be- because there's so much with building construction and I'm on my feet all day, I say, you know, this is really a young person's job. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm a little over, uh, I'm a little out of that range right okay. now, but it's a young person's job, but a young person doesn't have the people skills necessary, I think, to do this, Yeah, yeah. to know when to press into something, when to leave it alone, mm-hmm. when to give somebody the look, when not yeah. to, all that sort of thing. And so it's um it's it's my ministry, that's how I view it, so it's it. it's not difficult for me to do it. i I feel like I'm thriving in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people look at what I do and go, "I don't know how you can do that." Yeah, how do you not roll your eyes when you hear some of this stuff? right.
1: Because you're a peacemaker. There you go. And you're yeah. a pra- practitioner. And an environmentalist. And it's hard. And an environmentalist. And it's hard. It's just really hard work because we want to lead with an opinion. We want to get our voice. We want our voice to be heard. So can you share with us? Because I, uh, you know, we were talking earlier. Like, we're sure that over the past couple of years, a little more intense, a little more tension. And a lot of people, you think of politics and you go – to a place, everybody goes to that place, whatever that place looks like. So, I can only imagine you're in that place where it's politics. You're in the world of politics, but mm-hmm. like you said, you're making a difference. It's your ministry in politics. But can you? What has the culture been like? Have you seen a shift in the culture? Even how, um, you know, people of the House are, are dealing with each other, talking to each other. How how things are? The conversations are going. Is it amped yeah. up? Is it?
2: Okay, uh yeah, I can talk to that a little bit. Um, I know some of my peers around the country, and so I can tell you this is happening everywhere what i 'm going to share with you okay. it 's not unique to arizona okay and we and we see it on the federal level, whether you 're watching uh committee meetings or or whatever it is, you can see it at the national level. but what i 've noticed is uh, every every there are sixty representatives in the House, all right, all sixty of them. On a one-to-one basis, I know them all, and they're all nice people. Mm Every one of them is. I don't agree with their politics, but I don't have to. I can can get along with them, right? And so I do. And, you know, the way I like to say it is they're all electable. They really Mm -hmm. are electable. I can see how they got the votes to be there, right? But when they get in their tribe, they dig their heels in, and they are different people. Mm -hmm. Almost a person. I would say... 75% of them are different people when they're in their their tribes. And it's this whole idea of we can't let the other side get a win, Mm -hmm. right? I I don't care if it's a good bill. Uh, It's their idea, so it's a bad one, right? That kind of thinking. And it goes both directions. You Mm -hmm. know, it's uh, one party doesn't own that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they both own that. And so um, I have noticed that it has gotten – when people dig in, they dig in harder than they mm. used to. And that's just in these five sessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, compare it back another 10 years or something, um, I imagine there's a very stark difference. But I notice a difference. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, you, a couple good points. When we're with our tribe, we become something different and we become very protective. And, and the word win, yep. that is a powerful word because we're so – our culture dictates you want to be a winner. We, we celebrate winners. So we're, our end game is like, I'm going to win. And sometimes it all costs, which you will pay a cost sometimes to win certain things. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an interesting distinction. It's like, how do, we, how do we change that narrative? Like, it's not all about winning. That's part. But there's so much more to it than that.
2: You know, one of the sad aspects of that that I see is the relationships get ruined. Mm-hmm. And that's... That just that breaks my heart when I see that because there's no need for that, right? I, I don't think, right? Um, and so that's that's one of the sad byproducts of digging in, and I'm not going to let them get a win. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we're so conditioned to be right at the cost of a relationship.
2: Well, I remember you saying this a couple years ago. What if what if uh, we didn't have to be right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yeah, how would how would that change all the discussions that we're in if we didn't have to be right? Mm-hmm. And I've I've remembered that, and we live in this world where it's you're either right or you're wrong. And quite frankly, I've never been
0: wrong. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's kind of how it works, yeah. right? right? The other person yeah. is always wrong. Well, so. it's it's but it's funny that that is so common because that's such a failed strategy for almost every area of life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. it I mean, right. imagine. I mean, marriage. Uh, fan, like child raising, just even friendships. I mean, there's just so much where that win mentality—it's
2: career limiting. It's, it's <laughs> right, so, it's yeah, bad for your
0: career. Yeah, right, it really is. I mean, right. boxing maybe. That's I mean, there's just a, a few really hardcore competitive <laughs> things where that's the only way to do it, and then everything else, it's just it's a failed way to approach the other. You know, let them win at all. You know, they can't win at any cost because of anything positive right. towards them is a negative towards me, or I lose some opportunity to win, keep in power. Or.
1: Well, we're we're so conditioned to win that we're not doing what's good for the common good, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And for the people, and like, like you know, they're representatives of the people. But mm-hmm. you know, what is the what is best for everyone? And I think we we lose sight of that. We just want to do what's best for my side. Yeah, and maybe what's best for my side is not is for their side to have some wins, right? Because mm-hmm. when we – really, you can't really flourish at the expense of another people group a lot of times, right? Yeah. It's like how do we find the win for all of us in there? Yeah, And that's a challenge. It's really a challenge. And personally too in conversations. This is not just limited to politics like you said. This is not just happening in the house or places all over. It's happening in our own personal lives to your point. And, yeah. and how do we become aware of that when that's happening? Yeah. So what do you – when you're seeing this happening – and like the temperatures rising a little mm-hmm. bit. What do you do?
2: Well, um, I have this unique uh, position where when, when the representatives are debating and voting on bills, I'm on the chamber floor with them. I am out there in mm-hmm. the mix. And so – and I can see what's happening. I, I hear the debates. I can tell when someone has uh, poked the other person just for the sake of poking them, right? Mm-hmm. And that person wants to come back at them, right? So – Uh, Sometimes I have the opportunity to say things like, um, whatever you're thinking, don't do it, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Other times I may say, tell you what, uh, whatever you're thinking of doing, why don't you run it past me first and I'll tell you how it looks, right? And I've had a couple of these representatives actually do that. Yeah. And and then – I say, well, you know, that's not a real good look. And and it sounds like you're just kind of poking the bear for, for the sake of poking the bear. Um, you may not want to do that. And there have been times when they haven't done it then, mm-hmm. which I'm thinking, wow, I think I made a difference here today. Yeah, yeah that's yes. right. No, yeah. it's not every time. Right. But a couple times that they have not done it. And so I just try to, you um, know, kind of a gentle, almost fatherly way is you might not want to do that. You know, I'm but not sure that that's all But to be able to get helpful. to
1: that point where right. they listen to you means you've invested in relationships with absolutely. them, absolutely. And that's such that's very time consuming. It is, mm-hmm. but that's that's the key, right? Yep. How do we invest in people and yep. make them feel like we care so, about them?
2: So I have permission to talk to them like that mm-hmm. because I've earned that permission because I'm kind of in their life, so to speak, and I'm a trusted person. Yeah, you know, they they know I'm nonpartisan and I'm not in any one tribe, right? Yeah. So they know that. And so um, I think it's easy for them to talk to me and me mm-hmm. for to talk to them.
0: Yeah. Well well there's a couple things that, that that validate your one is that your your role is designed to do that, like as in in the Senate. But yet in I'm sorry, in the House. But then also you are you, you and your character affirm that and so you back it up. And so I, I think we can all learn from that approach. Sure. Like I, in some way, all of us have to play that kind of role mm-hmm. on different issues. And the fact that both people from both sides can still come to you and talk through things and present, like, "Hey, is, is this a good idea?" or they're viewed you as a, a, a voice of wisdom, maybe a moderation. Not that they always listen to you, but at least you've you've can that integrity. That that to, speaks to me.
1: And a person of character to see that, which is lacking so much in our – and that's what we all should strive want to be. I want to be known as a person of character and integrity that has your best interest, Mm -hmm. doesn't always – it's okay to disagree. I I think we've lost that. We feel like if if we're disagreeing, there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's really okay to disagree.
2: Well, I I agree with the whole character conversation and – that's work too. I, mm-hmm. I invest in that. Mm-hmm. I, I I read the the great books. You know, I listen to the great podcasts like Counterculture. and
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? All of good answer. All answer, right? But,
2: yeah. but you, you have to want it. You have to press in. The character doesn't happen by accident. Right. You you have to invest in it, and so I I take that pretty seriously and have mm-hmm. over the years.
0: And I th- I even remember our discussion from like a year ago and we we looked over the the, the principles of the peacemaker and, wh- I, and mm-hmm. one of them I can still remember you saying I can't be offended. Right. Like mm-hmm. you've just like I ha- I've made a choice that I am not right. going to be offended and that's a character trait that when you're walking into a hostile environment or a, a, a heavily divided if you come in easily offended and you can be triggered easily or, or something or you're reactionary you, you lose that that position, that voice, that platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. It
2: was a decision I made. I, made, I, just, mm-hmm. I decided it about five years ago. It's just like uh, I was looking around and seeing everybody's offended by everything. And I said, you know, that doesn't really bother me that much. Tell you what, from this point forward, <laughs> it's not a challenge, Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I can't be offended. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let somebody own me like that. Mm, I'm scheming. <laughs> right? <laughs> no. And that's a good
1: point. They own you kind of yeah. when,
0: you're, when
2: you right. come right. in. Yeah. That right? And, and so I th- – That's – Yep, that- That's how I like to talk about it. So it was a decision I made, and I would encourage uh, any listener, just make the decision. I'm not going to be offended mm -hmm. anymore.
0: Mm. Mm.
1: And that's so key. So
0: so why is poking the bear Mm -hmm. so accepted or so popular in our, not just politics, but in our Mm -hmm. popular culture? Why is that?
2: Well, I I wish I had an answer for that, but I think it goes back to this, um, you know, I got to get the win. Right, yeah. I need the win. I, I need to have the last word. Mm. You know, um, it's not over till I'm, I've said what I need to say. So, you know that kind so, of stuff.
0: Well, the win appeals to your base always. Like right. the, if you're viewed as a winner, and and it, you, it, it also appeals to the attention culture. I guess I'm mm-hmm. getting, like more people. You know, Chuck owning such and such is a lot better than Chuck forgiving. I mean, from a social media standpoint, if you if you're you turn the other cheek, that's not as exciting as you own or you stuck it to those people, right? Right. Is that am I making sense? It's counterculture.
1: It's counterculture.
0: Wow, <laughs> wow. I like that phrase. That's awesome. it's catchy. We should go with it.
1: Okay, so I have one more question before we get into and talk about your uh, upcoming Pursuing Peace conference. You mentioned earlier, and I think in a conversation we had before the radio, that there's, there's 60 members of the House, mm-hmm. and you have almost 30 new ones coming in. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? That's correct. How do you begin a relationship with 30 new people while – because I think a lot of people are going, how do I even start establishing a relationship that I earn the right to be heard, mm-hmm. right, and trusted?
2: Well, uh, one, of the th- one of the first things I'll do when, when these new members come in, uh, they'll be elected in November, so they'll be there in November sometime, is I take care of them. For instance, they need an office set up, right? And so I'm going to go out of my way to make sure that's done efficiently mm-hmm. and that they know that I'm the problem solver yeah. kind of thing. And so I'm going to start right off by saying I'm, I'm going to be your best friend here. I really am, and it has nothing to do with policy. It's all the other stuff, and and so I just tell them that very point blank, and it kind of happens. You know, I I have to invest time. You know, I can't just pass them in the hallway and say hi. Remember me? You know, it has to be stop and say, okay, are we taking good care of you? What do you need? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Um, Is there anything, any questions you might have? And then listen, and so. It takes it takes time mm-hmm. you know, and you have to press into it, but yeah. it's so important because I, I I wouldn't be able to do the job effectively if I didn't have that relationship with them, and then I protect that relationship. I don't do anything to violate the trust um, i don't I don't talk behind their back. I don't do any of that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's how you um, lose that uh, mm-hmm. that
0: trust, that friendship. Mm.
1: Such great points, and even just asking questions of people, mm-hmm. how are you doing? Are right. we are we taking good care of you? Mm. Yep.
0: And wanting to know the answer.
1: Yeah. Li- and <laughs> then staying around to listen, <laughs> right. Yeah, right? Yeah. For the answer. Genuinely wanting to know yeah. the answer. And they know if you want to know the answer yeah. or if yeah. you're just posing it out there, right?
0: I, I have a neighbor and he's he always goes, how you doing? <laughs> okay. And he just walks by. Right. He, never, he doesn't wait for the answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he says it in a really cool way, but he doesn't really want to know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, let's talk about Pursuing Peace Conference sure. coming up. and. Give us a little bit of the vision behind. Like, I, I don't think you were wanting something else more to do. Right. Um, your plate is full, <laughs> but I think it's a calling, and you're like, "What if there was something like this in our community?" So, can you just tell us a little bit about the vision? Where how it, how God gave you that vision, and then how it started becoming what it is.
2: Well, um, I'll try to be brief. I can make this a very long story, but uh, one one of the pastors at my church said something one time, and I thought it was directed, like it does many times, right at me. And And what she said was, there's a big difference between being a, a peace lover and a peacemaker. Which are you? And mm-hmm. I, was, I was convicted by that. It's like, am I really doing anything? Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm actually doing anything. Mm-hmm. And, then, and so then I started looking around, and it dawned on me that um, my involvement in other things, I was serving other people. And then I made the connection between peace and service. You know, Every act of service is an act of peace. And I go, well, I guess I am a peacemaker. I am doing that. But no one's talking about this in, in my community, so why not me? So I decided I'm just going to pull some people together in the same room and see what happens. And so we did that in May of 2018. Um, it was part of another a, a larger rotary conference, if you will. But um, I pulled some people together and I go, oh, this is pretty cool. And they kept saying, You're gonna do it again, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> mm-hmm. every year they've been saying you wanna do it again. So now the fifth annual pursuing peace conference is on September sixteenth. It's gonna be a hybrid event, it's gonna be obviously online, but it's also gonna be at ASU Thunderbird here in downtown Phoenix. And so and they view themselves as a peacemaking organization. For sure. They send people out into the market marketplace Mm -hmm. that are peacemakers. So anyhow, that's – And when is that coming up? September 16th. And
1: how can they get – what's the the website address?
0: It's pursuingpeace.org. Pursuingpeace.org. Chuck, this has been an an incredible conversation. Always love having you on our show. Yeah.
1: Always learn so much and so inspired because you are a practitioner. And we need more people like you, Chuck. Oh, and you. we
0: salute you this day. <laughs>
1: That's <all>. <laughs> <laughs> Our sergeant, the trumpet at has
0: Art. been sound. Thank you for tuning, coming in, Chuck. Appreciate it. Thank you, friend. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Amplify Peace, educating, immersing, training, and launching peacemakers to build united communities. And by Care Portal, a platform connecting the needs of children and families in crisis to the local church.